Welcome to the Ground Zero Fitness Podcast, the podcast for the fitness beginner. I'm your host, Sam Kraft, sitting alongside my friend Kyle Chin. Getting started in fitness, especially if you've never been to the gym or worked out before, is a daunting task. We've developed this podcast to help listeners get their start in fitness, to help them get strong, stay strong, and enjoy what life has to offer. We discuss the why and how of strength, nutrition, and health so that people can be better versions of themselves for a lifetime. If you enjoy this episode or are able to pull anything useful out of it, we ask just one fee, and that's just tell somebody who may need this info about it. Welcome to this episode of Ground Zero Fitness Podcast. Today, we have an extraordinary guest. We're so happy to have him on, Ty Tot. Sam, can you please introduce our guest to the show? Yes. So the guest we have today is an ex-online poker extraordinaire who went from a life of boozing, partying, and gambling to become the number one ranked girl dad, foster parent, husband, and a man dedicated to faith, family, and fitness. This guy also doesn't own a single shirt, works out to Taylor Swift, and is known to destroy destroy Karens telling him to stop doing shirtless pull-ups in the park during covid so ty thanks for coming on man (laughs) that's that's a heck of an intro man (laughs) i'm by that intro sam thank you man and kyle it's a pleasure to be here man i love both you guys so much uh i love the energy you guys bring every day i love all of our conversations so this is an honor to be on here man thank you yeah man thanks for coming on uh we're super pumped for this so um Man, I know you've got a very, very interesting story, you know, from the the online poker stuff and everything. So can you kind of give our listeners a little bit of an insight into, you know, how you went from that online poker player to how you're number one ranked girl dad now? Yeah, that is run official, us through that real quick. That is actually an official ranking. There's there's a you know a couple guys on my tail right now. I think from Twitter, but it's still a number one official worldwide ranking. That I, yeah, the number there's one. There's some girl guys. Guy. There's some guys on there hot too. So yeah, hot on your tail there. I know Dan Go is going to be coming up the the ranks here soon. <laughs> yeah. Eight month old or something. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I just went to college. Kind of did the standard thing like most people do. Uh, I was going to be an education major. Wanted to, wanted to teach PE actually. Um, and then my like sophomore year, I deposited sixty dollars into an online poker site and just found that I kind of had a gift for it. Um, without too much work, I just started making quite a bit of money. And then I realized I I could really do something with this, so I put a ton. Of, I probably dedicated the next three four months of my life to just studying about fourteen hours a day and quit going to class. <laughs> and uh, within a year, I had I had made six figures and had dropped out of school and just that was kind of my life for the next. Uh, I'd say nine years, 10 years, just kind of traveling the world. It was a lot, a lot of parties, a lot of poker. (laughs) We rented a house in Vegas with a group of like 10 guys every summer for the world series of poker. Some debauchery, just, you know, just some crazy, (laughs) like the most insane type stuff you could ever imagine. Uh, You know, a lot of poker at night and a lot of like pool parties and nightclubs and things like that. Just kind of lived that crazy life for for a while, man. Um, Got married in the midst of that uh, at like 26 and then uh, came crashing down maybe at like 28, 29, we, we got divorced. Um, and that's when my life just started to spiral <laughs> really downhill for the next couple of years, I would say, until I really started being intentional and getting a lot of these things back, man. Um, but yeah, that that's in a nutshell, that's how the poker thing happened. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And how did that kind of lead into where you're at now? So I'm grateful for poker, man, in a lot of ways, because I think it, it provided a backdrop, one for work ethic, because um, it really taught me that. And then with discipline and habits, too, when you're kind of your own boss for a while, discipline, you're either going to be disciplined or you're going to lose a lot of money. Right. And so I had a lot of these principles as a poker player that I've taken over to my life that, you know, I would never play if I was drinking. I would never play if I was hungover. I, it kind of separated the party lifestyle and the, and the poker lifestyle. Well, now that I've become really intentional about being a dad and a husband, and these are the things that matter to me most, you know, and fitness, uh, I've just kind of applied that same discipline and that same mindset to like, you know, there's just certain things I, I will and won't do. Right. And, and I have a lot of integrity to myself, I call it. Um, how when I promise myself I'm going to do something, I'm that, that's it. You know, there, there's no going back on that. Right. Like I'm either going to die <laughs> or I'm going to get that thing done. You know, that's kind of the mindset I've always had. Gotcha. So the, the work ethic thing kind of took you into that, but 
you know, we're, we are the, the ground zero fitness podcast. So that I know you've been on a couple podcasts, the read your keys podcast with Joel Lopez, listening awesome. on that a little bit. So he, he, you guys really went into the, the backstory then, um, you know, so like you post a lot of, you know, shirtless pull-ups and stuff. And how, how have you like been using fitness to benefit like your family, your coworkers and everyone around you? Cause I'm, I'm really interested to to hear that from you. Yeah. So that fitness to me was the catalyst to turning everything around too, right? Like I, I was actually kind of into fitness a decent amount when I played poker. Cause I, I felt like it, I needed it for my mind to be sharp. I even realized it back then, like it gave me an edge in these games. Right. Well, then I got married, had a child and like for 18 months, two years just did nothing. Um, and my marriage was falling apart. Uh, I was really not even a good employee at the time. I, I wasn't, I, I had my, my relationships, just everything was kind of like what I would just call watered down. You know, I just wasn't a good version of myself. And then I just remember sitting down one night and writing down these goals and this is who I wanted to become. Right. And, and that was about three and a half years ago. And it was, I was going to get up every day and invest an hour into myself, you know? So I journal every morning. Um, and then I get a really hard workout in every morning. And since doing that, man, I just realized I have so much more to give now besides the added energy that it's given me. Um, man, you know, me and Kyle talk about this a lot, even off Twitter is, is I can pour into my employees now. I can pour into my marriage. I can pour into my child. I have this energy and I'm filling myself up first. So now I can, I have it to give, you know, and fitness was the catalyst for all of that. You know, I love how you mentioned that fitness is a catalyst for all of this to happen. What was the f- actual first step that you took? Do you still remember the first day you did it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Um, my wife took a picture of me. I was holding my daughter and I had a gut hanging out and she was going to post it on Facebook. Like she's like, Oh, look, you're cute. And she even made a mention of it. Like you've got the dad bod baby. You know? Ooh. And I just remember like, and, and I had worked that day before too. And I had come home kind of in a cranky mood and, and I, it was just, I had to get through the day kind of mindset, you know, and I hadn't worked out in, in probably 18, 19, 20 months at this time. And I just remember my wife kind of saying that. And it just, I begged her like, you know, please don't post that. <laughs> I don't want people to now support my Twitter profile picture. Everybody sees it. But, uh, I just remember like she went to bed before I did. And most nights when that would happen, I would eat junk food and watch Netflix. Like that's what I did, you know, during this period of my life. And that night, man, just something, a fire kind of got up in my belly, you know, and, and I just felt this thing rise up like, okay, Tyler, you're going down this direction. Is this who you want to be? And I just, hell no, <laughs> I don't want to be this person, you know? And so, okay, I'm going to really change it. And I remember I got on my knees that night and I wrote down at that time, I think it was four things. Number one, I'm going to get up before my family every single day. Number two, I'm going to do a gratitude journal every single day and try and change my mindset around how I see the world. Number three, I'm going to train really hard. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get into good shape and have a lot of energy. You know, I don't remember. I think the fourth thing was I'm going to quit soda and do, do a bunch of water and health things like that. You know, uh, but, I, but I remember being on my knees. I wrote those things down. I emailed them myself. I kept it on me every single day. Um, even at my office, I promised myself I wouldn't eat bad food then at the office and things like that, you know. And I've slipped. It's it's a journey of ups and downs, of course, you know, um, but that was definitely the catalyst. And then what I didn't see coming, Kyle, that I've talked to you about and Sam is like, I wanted to get into good shape. Right. And I thought, well, that's the end goal is to kind of get into good shape. You know, it's changed every other area of my life. Uh, fitness has has bettered my faith. It has bettered my marriage. It has bettered me being a dad. It has bettered me being an employee a son. I mean, every single aspect of my life has gotten better um, because it strengthens my mind every single day, you know, doing, doing hard things. <laughs> yep. And you know, we, we talk about that so much about how fitness, the end goal is it, it's a lifetime journey. It's not really just about getting in shape and looking good, but it's about what else can you contribute to everything around you. And we, we had an episode talking about fuzzy versus attainable goals. And how your goal at the end of the day has to mean something bigger than getting a six pack, getting a six pack or losing your 10 pounds. And it sounded from you that your goal was to better yourself so that you can better everyone else around you. And you realize that, hey, I'm the weak link right now. I need to take a step back, improve on myself so then I can give back and do a better job as a husband, be a better, be a better father and be someone that people can look up to. 
and better their lives because you did a great job of it yourself. So congratulations so much on that. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And of course, it's a never-ending journey, right? Like I hope to be on another podcast two years from now and be like, oh, back then I sucked at this. <laughs> you know, you always <laughs> want to keep, keep getting better. But I, I agree with you 100%. And that was the big thing is I was the weak link of my family. Like, and that was another thing. That day, I will never forget, I was laying around watching football. It was a Sunday or Saturday, I think. And my wife asked me to go for a walk a couple times. Like, hey, let's take the family outside. <laughs> nah, I just laying down on the couch. I wanted to lay on the couch, wanted to eat chips, you know. And that that struck a chord with me then that night, too, of thinking, okay, man, do I like my dad wasn't like that. Like, do I really want to be the kind of dad who's telling his kids, like, get away, I want to watch the game. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to be that man. You know, I don't want to be that dad. So, yeah, that that was a big part of it, too, man. Yeah. And something like is that's really relatable is the fact that, you know, you you mentioned that you were into fitness a little bit before um, before the divorce and stuff. Correct. And, you know, so you were into it, you played sports growing up and then, you know, you got a job, you had your first child and that's kind of how you it, it kind of went downhill from there. And I think that's super relatable to a lot of people and a lot of people have that kind of story, you know, so can you kind of give us some insight into that a little bit? hundred percent. And I, I actually get a lot of pushback in my DMS on Twitter, even, even now. And from other people I know that say, well, I'm just a good dad. You know, I give everything to the kids. That's why I don't work out. That's, that's like a big excuse I get. Right. And I think we all get that. And I don't really buy it. You know, um, to me, if you're really a good dad, you want your, I always challenge back. Like you want your kids to be healthy, right? Like nobody's probably going to sit here and say like, my daughter's five, like, Oh, I really hope she's super obese when she's 40 and, and at higher risk for disease. And like, nobody thinks that. Right. So I need to lead by example. And I think that other men, especially and women, of course, but you know, parents just need to lead by example, you know? And by doing that, man, it's been amazing because now like my daughter legit loves to go for walks. She like, we did a dance party tonight and then we took a three mile walk, you know, and like, we're always doing stuff. Like as a family, we're, we're doing hikes together all the time where we just incorporate this in our lifestyle, you know? And I think that's neat because that's going to go with her forever, you know? Yeah. How, how do you think parents can take that first step to starting their fitness journeys when they haven't ever done it before? Hey, that's a good one, man. I think <laughs> I know it's gonna be like a hard question. <laughs> um, Threw you in the deep end. Yeah, no, that's a great question, man. I think number one, you've got to you've got to decide in you, right? Like it can't be a fad. We talk about this a lot. It's it's not a thirty day fix. It's not a some kind of pill. You've got to really internally decide. And then a big part of that is like I always talk about using social pressure, right? So like if I'm a dad and I decided that next day. I told my wife, I told my employees, every single, my parents, I told everybody, you're going to know a new Tyler. I'm, I'm not going to be eating crap food anymore. I'm going to work out. I literally told everybody I could, because then that puts some kind of social pressure on you of like, okay, now if my wife sees me snoozing, she thinks I'm a liar, <laughs> you know? And so that's a pretty decent first step is to really decide, know your why. Uh, my why was, you know, kids and wife and, and being on fire, dad and husband. And then two, tell other people about it, man. And tell them like, this is who I'm going to be. And, 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 you know, if you can get like my wife's fit and she loves fitness too, you know, she loves running. She, she'll do all kinds of stuff too. So it was pretty easy in my case, you know, like she was on board with it, you know, what kind of, what kind of response did you have to, from that? When you went around telling everybody, like, were they like, okay, Tyler, sure, <laughs> yeah. sure you're going to do it. Or were they like, oh man, he means business. So, or was it kind the of a mix? My wife, I would say at first was, was like, cool, like, let's go, you know, like I wasn't a very good husband at this time either. And we were, we were really struggling in our marriage. So I think she was looking for a fire under my butt <laughs> in some way, you know, I think like looking back and we've talked about this a lot, like since now that we're in a really good spot is she would give me a lot of signs back then that I needed to change some things, you know, and in little subtle ways that, that women do, you know, just, just a lot of things. So I think she was probably stoked now. My employees, I had a staff that time of, of maybe 12 people under me. And I remember going in and they made fun of me back then. I would eat six or seven donuts in a day, you know, and like if clients would bring in donuts, I like they would, Tyler, how many is that? You know, you had six today, you know, like, 
So for me to come in that next day and be like, Hey guys, no more junk food here. Like I'm not eating it. I'm not, I, I even offered them. I said, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you catch me eating this, you know, and I still do this to this day in my office. I say, see the donuts in the back. Anybody catches me eating one, I'll give you a hundred bucks on the spot. So again, that social pressure on me and no donuts worth a hundred bucks, you know? But I think when I started telling them this right away, my staff was like, all right, this is going to last a week, you know? And I brought in a change of clothes too that next day. That was my fourth thing. I was going to walk or work out every day on my lunch break. <laughs> now, that I, now that I come back to it. Um, and so I told them I'm going to start work. And I used to work through my lunch. I used to sit at my desk and just power through, not really take a lunch, you know, things like that. So I told them those are the two changes. I'm not going to eat the crap food. And I think a lot of my coworkers were very skeptical to say the least. The cool thing was after two, three, four weeks of me doing it, it got to be to the point now, and now it's hilarious because my staff every day will be like, hey, Tyler, it's 10 till, you know, go change. You got to go get change. You know, like everybody's kind of on board with it now. They expect it, you know, but at first you're going to get a little pushback, you know, or people that aren't going to believe you, which is again, why you need that why and why you've got to promise yourself you're going to do it and then hold true to that, you know? That That's incredible how you were able to use the social pressure as motivation to keep doing your thing because I know a lot of people they're too scared to even do that they they want to kind of figure it out on their own they'll tell themselves but they won't even like repeat it in their heads that I will do this every day I will do this every day and that's so important it's just that affirmation that you need every single day you have to tell yourself I will do this I will do that and then from there you build the motivation and, and then you live off of the dedication that you have towards it, the consistency, and then that gets the ball rolling. So can you talk a little bit more about how you were able to influence your staff to start getting into fitness, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing I'm probably the most proud of. <laughs> I don't plan on being in banking for like, like in five years, I probably won't be in banking. If my boss watches this, you know, sorry, but <laughs> like it's, it's not my passion, you know, like I'm more proud of the the lives I've influenced along there than any, any kind of metrics on banking, you know? Um, but yeah, one by one, man, a lot of my staff has, has really come on board and they see the way that you are. Right. And so I'll just give an example from a couple of weeks ago. Betty is, is 63 years old, my banker. Um, and, you know, when I started there, I, I don't necessarily think she really liked me because she was a branch manager before. And so now I'm kind of coming in and she knows everything and I don't know everything, you know. And so maybe we kind of had a weird little thing at the start, you know, but I try and be super friendly, man. We So now we've hit it off, right? We're two months in. And she just sits me down one day and says, Tyler, like, I got a three, a three or four year old granddaughter and now I'm about to be a grandma again. And she goes, I want to see them graduate high school. And I see that you're healthy into fitness. You got all, you know, you got energy when we're all complaining about wanting to go home at two o'clock or three o'clock, like you're still bouncing off the walls every day. You know, she goes, how do I do it? You know, I like, I want this, but I don't know how to do it, you know? And so like, I I was celebrated with her. I said, you've got your why, you know, that's perfect. You know? So, well, number one, quit eating what you're eating, quit drinking nine sodas a day, you know, let's drink water. So now I got her up. She's walking around the branch every couple hours, man, things like this. But I think I don't really preach it a lot. Um, I think you just kind of live it, you know, and then other people see that they see that energy and they say, well, what's this dude got, you know? why is this dude so happy when he just got cursed out by somebody and now he's dancing by himself in the corner again? What's like, what's up with him? You know? Um, and so I think when you just kind of live that way and I, I'm really, you know, I'm a man of faith too, more than anything, but I try and live my faith like that too. You know, just, I'm not going to sit you down and, and read Matthew to you over and over again and tell you what a sinner you are or anything. You know, I'm just want to live in a way that you say, you know, what's, what's he got, you know, like he's on fire. Why, why is he like that? You know? And so fitness and faith really intersect like that to me. And so I would say my staff has, has realized that, that, Hey man, this dude's a little bit crazy. <laughs> you know, I get that a lot. And then, uh, but I kind of like it, you know, why is he like that? You know? And so I, I just think people are, are more attracted to that because like, like Kyle, we talk about a lot, you know, a lot of people in corporate are not happy. I mean, let's be honest, you know, you, you're working a job you're probably not super passionate about. You're there 40, 45 hours a week. You're doing things that, you know, so, so how are you still going to maintain joy and, and be positive at that? Well, get yourself moving, <laughs> you know, number one. <laughs> 
Gotcha. What what specific stuff? I know you you throw like kind of dance party stuff in the office, or do you, what things have you done like that just to get people involved? Yeah, my my favorite one, man, is anytime we have military people that come in. Like we stop everything in my branch and we like, I don't care what we're doing. If we're opening important IRAs for important people, we will stop and we will tell them like, hey, we got a staff sergeant over here, Mr. Johnson. He's served our country. We're free because of him. Everybody will stand up and cheer. I I do that wherever I go. That's one of my favorite things. So that gets people like some energy going. When it's people's birthdays and especially really old people, <laughs> this is like my favorite one, man. Like we had like, a, I think she was turning 91 or something. This is really old, sweet, sweet, like African-American lady that just she comes in, big smile. We see it's her birthday. So we just drop everything again and we all sing her happy birthday. I take her in the lobby. We start dancing. I twirled her around, you know, like, do you know how much energy like the people in the building get when you start doing things like that? You know, we gave her a bunch of free like, pens and suckers and whatever we could at the bank, you know, just send it. We made a bouquet out of like flowers, out of suckers to give her, you know, just, just doing fun things like that to keep it fresh. Um, Cause it is boring when you're in an office, if you just go in there and punch a clock and you, and nobody, everybody says, Oh dang, it's Monday. Oh man, it's Monday again. Oh, it's only two o'clock. Oh man, it's another two hours to go. You know, like <laughs> it's just, do you hear this every day? It's like, bro, this is our life. Let's go. Like, we're here. Let's get pumped up. Let's have some fun. You know, like I probably, I could get fired if I, if my boss sees this, I'm worried about it already, but I'm just going to say it anyway. He's probably not going to watch this, but every single day now, me and my buddy Shane and Paulo, we set up a, uh, a basketball, a little basketball hoop and we made a ball and we played bank, which is our version of horse every single day. And we track calories while we do it. Cause we do like ridiculous stuff. Like you got to do a cartwheel and a plank for 30 seconds and then hit a shot backwards. And like, we're doing all these like crazy things every day. We get our work done first, uh, boss, if you're seeing this. <laughs> just, just little stuff like that to try and make it really fun. And then we're moving. And so like what I've noticed as a boss too, is then people when, when they're excited about coming to work, like Shane got offered another job to make $3 and 50 cents more an hour. And he told me he was going to leave. And a week ago he came back and said, I can't leave. Because I have too much fun here right now. I can't, I, like, I don't want to, you know, like, so how do you think he's going to treat customers now when he's excited to come? When he's like, we're talking about, I've won four in a row, you know, and we're walking in that day talking smack and like, it's all, we're, we can't wait to play, you know? So it's just like when you bring that kind of energy in, when you bring that kind of life in, you can see an entire place turn around, you know? And then I think the clients see it too, because when the clients come in and everybody's happy and laughing and like, what's up, how you doing? Welcome to the bank. You know, like people are just like, number one, like what's going on, you know, like, but I think that's infectious, you know? And so I tell myself every day before I go into work, I want to infect people with energy. You know, that's my goal. One thing I want to ask is, let's say we just have a regular employee watching this and they hear about how much, (laughs) they hear how much fun you're having. At, at your office job, but they have it the complete opposite, right? They've literally been clocking in, clocking out, have a 30 minute lunch break, take the 30 minute lunch break, watch TV or listen to the news, get on their phone, just scroll around. And they don't really have anything going on in their days other than that. What steps do you think an employee can make to making their lives a little bit more manageable in the office? Yeah. I mean, number one, plan. So spend five minutes thinking about how you would want your day to go before you do it, you know? So, okay, instead of sitting all day, let's bring a change of clothes. And and even if we're just walking laps around the perimeter of the building for 20 minutes, instead of sitting there on our phone, we're already sitting for eight and a half hours during the day. We don't need to be sitting another half hour during lunch, you know? So that's an easy one. Number two, I think is just, again, use some of that social pressure and come in and just tell a couple other employees, like, Hey, I'm just, you know, I feel like kind of low energy here. Like, let's try and rev it up. Like, what can we do? You know, people will appreciate that. I guarantee you other people are in that area. You know, before I was a a manager and a a boss and kind of overseeing the staff, I still did stuff like this, dude. I started a carnival at my last bank. You know, we literally had, we had a giant wheel you could spin. Um, And I wasn't even the boss at this time. And, And we created a little bucket toss game, like Bozo the Clown for, for certain clients. We would ask them, do you want to go play this game? You know? It just makes it fun. It makes the day go faster. I'm always challenging. I'll walk by a, my manager and just say, hey, 
see this, let's see who can throw the pin closest to this, you know, <laughs> like loser has to do five air squats. You know, you, you can just do little things to make your day more fun. Cause I understand most people do just go in, punch a clock, browse on their phone. A lot of the day, consume negative inputs, sit, sit there and consume toxic media, you know, during lunch, complain, complain, complain. I mean, how many complaints do you hear during the day? You know, how it's, many. Oh, it's insane, man. It, and it starts at nine o'clock, right? When you walk in, they're complaining already. Then it, then everybody starts talking at 10 o'clock. What are we going to eat for lunch? What are we going to order for lunch? What are we going to do for lunch? Good Lord, man. <laughs> I just, I couldn't take it anymore. You know? So like I call people out a lot too. Like, you know, I don't know what you're going to do for lunch, man. I eat the same lunch every day for two and a half years. <laughs> I literally eat the same lunch, grilled chicken and veggies, two and a half years, you know, every single day. So like get some routines. That would be step one. Get some habits, start to plan your day. Be very mindful about how you're spending your minutes, you know? And even if you can like just set a little timer, like I challenge Betty every 55 minutes now to just set a timer and get up and move. I don't care what you're doing. Even if you're with a client, just tell them, excuse me one second, I need to use the restroom, you know? Like just get up and move yourself every hour because we need that. You know, human beings were not designed to sit in a cubicle for nine freaking hours, 40 hours a week. That's just not, that's not how we were created, you know? So, so that's my steps. <laughs> gotcha. So something that we, we've pushed a little bit on the podcast is seeing – results like from that initial kind of aha moment that you had you know that's that's that happens with a lot of people and there's a a large chunk of time where you start building these habits but you don't actually see progress for quite a while you know so how how long did it take you from that time that your wife snapped that picture made some snide comments about cute little dad bod <laughs> to you actually seeing like some physical changes in your body and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would say I probably noticed them like 30 to 45 days, something like that, where I could start to be like, dude, I got a little thing poking out here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> First time in three years, I got a little muscle poking out, you know? Um, I would say she probably noticed them a month or so after. And then other people really started noticing like six to eight months, I would say somewhere in that where I could tell like, even like my parents, people I would see once every couple of weeks, you know, every week or two say, I tell you looking, you know, you're looking a little trimmer, <laughs> you know, Hey, you're looking like you put on a little weight on your shoulder, you know, on your, on your upper body and things like that. You know, I still don't have it on my legs yet. I'm trying, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think it was probably six to eight months before anybody else, really commented on it. Um, so yeah, you, you have to, again, have that discipline and that mindset of it's not instant gratification. Right. But again, I wasn't really doing it so that other people could tell me good job, you know? And I think that's where a lot of people really kind of lose it. You know, like if you don't have that internally and you don't have your why as to why you're going after it, like, I don't think it's probably going to stick, you know? Yeah. And a big thing we talk about is that why, and it has to be a big reason. It can't just be that small thing. It has to literally be life-changing where you realize, hey, I need to change my life. And there is nothing that is going to stop me from doing this because I need to commit. And mm-hmm. and that's the perfect example of the why. 100%, man. 100%. Can, can we talk a little bit? I want to circle back to the office because I know a lot of listeners are probably working nine to fives. They're in the office all the time. Um. One thing you've mentioned in the past, I just want to let our listeners be aware of this is the paperclip method mm. where you had with water bottles. Can you, yeah. can you explain that a little bit? I love this one. Yeah. I, I got this from Atomic Habits. Have you guys read Atomic Habits by James Clear? Um, I, I looked through it a little bit. Didn't really just it got it from Amazon because I've seen okay. so much about it all over Twitter. So I'm going to dive into that one. You'll love it, man. It's, it's really amazing. It, it, it played a big role, uh, in my life, I would say too. But yeah, I, I got, I stole this from that book where he uses visual cues. And so when I decided to try and set these, I set water goals now every day at the office and I challenge my staff <laughs> to, to drink a certain amount of water every day. Uh, so I will start every day with just, I don't have it here, but I got pencils. So say I want to drink six bottles of water, man. For me, I think it's nine. 
I'll just set all nine right over here to the side. And then as I chug one, I get up and refill. I just take it, set it over here. As I chug another one, I take it and I set it over here. And so my goal is to get all nine from over on this side of the desk over to this side of the desk. And then I know I hit it. And it's just that something about that visual cue makes it really rewarding, makes it really satisfying. Um, and then also like, you know, you get to get up and refill your bottle, which gets you moving. Yep. <laughs> pee a heck of a lot more which yes. because, you know, I probably get to do three hours less of work every month because I'm peeing so much, <laughs> you know, which is nice. Getting paid <laughs> to go to the bathroom, I guess. But yeah, that's been a super helpful one for me, man. I'm, I'm really big into that. And then another one that I, I stole off of, uh, I think it was Ryan Stevens uh, from Twitter. I love him, man, is uh, the password thing. Have, do you guys do that too? Yep. I started doing it because I saw you doing it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I started doing it because I saw Ryan doing it. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing it a month and a half ago or two months ago. But yeah, yeah you want to talk about the password thing? Yeah. Yeah. So like all the goals that you have in mind, uh, you kind of make your passwords that align with those. So you're kind of programming your subconscious all the time. So I have to unlock my computer probably 60 times a day. So every time I'm unlocking my computer, it's like, you know, be grateful four two seven. we know, whatever, drink water 21 or, you know, drink water 49, you know, whatever, whatever goal is kind of on your mind, get moving, you know, <laughs> quit staring at your phone, you know, like it's just what, whatever your goal is, you can kind of keep programming your mind. Then whenever I type that in, okay, drink water. That's another cue, you know, to kind of, kind of go along with that. That's so good. That's so awesome to hear that you have so many little routines that are a part of your day. And it makes your nine to five a little easier to get through too, because if you drink nine waters, one thing with me is I, I kind of do the same thing, but I, I have a one liter water bottle and I'll drink one before lunch, one during lunch and one after lunch. And when you drink so much water, you go to the washroom so often. And as you said, you're refilling that water bottle. So you're forced to get out of your chair every hour or every 45 minutes. And that break is so beneficial for everyone in the office. 100% man. They, I mean, there's studies that come out now that say like sitting is the new smoking. Like if you sit for over a couple hours at a time, it's supposed to take 10 years off your life, right? If you do this consistently, I mean, that's a big deal that nobody really talks about in corporate. You know, they just want you to sit at your freaking cubicle at your machine and just, just dial the phone and then plug it in the info and dial the phone and plug in the info. And it's like, Again, I just don't think humans are designed for that. You know, uh, we're not we're not really created to sit in little cubicles and not be social. And again, when you're getting up, going to the washroom, what are you doing? You're saying hi to people. You're saying what's up. You're you know you're being more, a little more social, a little more friendly. It, it does. It changes your whole day. You know, I agree 100. percent Man, it would be good to see that soak into more offices around the country for sure. Like, well, how do we do that? Know, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's million dollar question, I suppose. So yeah. like uh, we, we have a health initiative at our work. I write to it every month. <laughs> I don't think they publish any of my stuff yet. <laughs> um, it's it's like wear sunscreen. You know, that was their big initiative last time, which you know, we do nope. that whatever you want. Yeah, I, I don't wear sunscreen. I live in Vegas, it's 118, but like, you know, they do little things like this. Like they'll they'll have a, a health day. And then they'll bring in donuts to talk about it. And I'm not even making that up, you know, and it just, it boggles my mind that that's, that's literally accepted in today's kind of office culture, man. It's, we're having a meeting, everybody bring in donuts, everybody bring in bagels, everybody bring it. It's, it's, oh, it's this person's birthday. Everybody bring in cookies. What's your favorite dessert? What's your favorite, you know, it's somebody's birthday freaking once a month, you know, one, twice a month when you, when you got staff, you know, so you're doing this constantly and then everybody feels like crap all the time and it, you know, and it just, it perpetuates this cycle. So I feel like unless you are really mindful and want to change these things, you really get caught up. You know, I got caught up in it for the first, first year and a half, man. Yeah. And, and I had a, I had a, a client who is a manager with a HVAC company and he, you know, he, was kind of kind of like yourself was a dad decided I need to get my ass in shape before my wife says I'm out of here blah 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 that kind of thing and you know he it went into his workplace too and what he did was he had a competition with his with his staff 
and to see how much you know body fat they could lose or how much muscle they could gain. And then he did like a like a wrestling or like boxing weigh in event with like ten or fifteen of them after like six months. You know, so got them all pumped up and hyped for it. So stuff like that. It's good to see that you know we can get on that wavelength. That's so awesome. And the coolest thing about that, Sam, is okay. You poured into that guy. Now he poured into like 15 other, imagine like what their family lives are like now. And that, and I always talk about, it's like, that's how you really change the world. You know, that's so cool, man. And like, imagine the camaraderie that that built day to day coming in instead of complaining about it's a Monday and we're going to eat Wendy's for lunch. Like, Hey bro, did you get your sets in this weekend? Did you, you know, I'm going to be getting this at lunch. You know, like it just changes your entire life. You know, that's yeah. awesome. Man. I love hearing yeah. that. Yeah. Did he so, win? Uh-huh. Did your boy win? No, I mean, he was already just like shredded enough, but I, I can't remember. He, I don't know. He was another animal. It was one of those like training situations where it's like, this guy should be training me. I shouldn't be training. <laughs> I remember listening to the, you know, the read your keys podcast with you. And you talked about you having like a come to Jesus moment while you're out, while you were out on a run and how that kind of, set some changes for you. So can you explain that a little bit? hundred percent, man. Yeah. This is something I love talking about actually. Um, so I was really getting my life together at this point. I was, I was going to church, trying to do a lot of things, but, um, after the divorce things, you know, I started drinking too much. I started partying too much again and things like this. So I was, I was like half in and half out. Right. Um, I flew out to Vegas by myself. I remember, told myself I was just going to clear my head for like a week, play some poker, kind of get away from everything, try not to drink. <laughs> you know, Cause I just surrounded myself with a lot of kind of not bad people, just people that wanted to party. I was in that lifestyle. So I came to Vegas to not party, uh, to poker, play poker. And I remember having a session one night, didn't go that well, <laughs> lost a bunch of money. So it was like midnight and I went out for a jog on the back end of the strip, just kind of, there's nobody back there by myself. And I had this iPod at the time. It was an iPod shuffle. It held like 10,000 songs to this day. I don't know how I had a Christian song on there because I didn't listen to any Christian music at that time, but I hit shuffle. And instead of, you know, Nelly or Tupac or you know whatever I was listening to back then, come on, this song comes on. Holy is the Lord God almighty. It was a song I was familiar with. Um, but it's something struck in me where I, I got really angry, to be honest, when I heard it on, because my life just wasn't going well at this time. And so I hit shuffle really quick. I got mad. I yelled up at God, like, how could you let my life get to this? You know, so the next song comes on and it's like Tupac or whatever. And I'm sprinting, you know, <laughs> and I'm angry and I, and I feel the kind of the energy coming in me, but just kind of kind of angry, you know. And next song that comes on again after this of the 10,000 songs, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. I don't know to this day how it came back on again, but when that came on, just something happened in me, man, where I felt this hardening of my heart and this, this desire of, I can do everything on my own. I don't need God to, Hey dude, you're kind of running your life into the ground. Maybe you should ask me for help. I created the universe. (laughs) Um, and I just, I honestly broke into tears on some back road there in Vegas. And I just kind of said, all right, God, I surrender. Um, I give up, you know, this is me. I give up. I've, I've tried to chase happiness with alcohol, with women, with drugs, with new Mercedes, with big houses, with you name it. I've tried to fill some kind of void in my life to find happiness and I, I could never find it. So I said, I'm, I'll, I'll give you a try essentially, <laughs> you know, um, and it was right there. I was on my knees. Probably people thought I was homeless because I think I, you know, <laughs> sitting there crying in the back alley of some Vegas, Vegas road. Um, <laughs> but that's where I kind of gave my life to Jesus, what I said. And, and from there on again, it wasn't, it, it's not perfect. You know, I still make mistakes every single day. And I think that's a misconception of Christianity that, oh, you accept Jesus and now your life is very easy. <laughs> it's been nothing like that, you know, but it, it's, it's just like fitness where every single day when I wake up, part of my, my part of my morning routine is I pray and I say the same thing every day. God, I want less of me and more of you. And I surrender to the fact that you created this universe, you're God and I'm not, you know? And so it just goes back to that, that basic principle. And, and faith is really personal. You won't hear me preach it. A lot of people, man, it's, it's, 
you know, your faith will never look like mine. My faith will never look like yours. And I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. And again, I hope to be on a podcast two years from now and say, ah, two years ago, I had a terrible faith. <laughs> you know, you always want <laughs> same with fitness. You always want to be getting better, you know. You talked about surrendering yourself and kind of giving yourself up to God. And the biggest thing is when people feel like they gave up with life, they don't know what's next. So how did you kind of find out what was next for you? This is where I'm going to give all the credit to my wife. <laughs> to be honest, she's she's had a strong faith for a really long time. Um, and so I was pretty, you know, I grew up in the church, but it was never a really personal thing. It was, you just sing the songs, you go on Sundays, you know. My wife has had a pretty, pretty deep personal faith for a while, I would say. And so I met her maybe three months after surrendering my life to Jesus. And then she kind of helped me a lot in this, man. Um, I would have questions and then, you know, she was kind of leading for sure for the first three, four years of, of our marriage and things like that. Cause I, I wasn't really open about it. I never prayed with her. I never, you know, if, if somebody was praying in our family, it was my wife, you know, um, at that point now I pray a lot, <laughs> you know, um, but I just didn't really know how back then. I didn't really know what I was doing. I would try and read some of the Bible and none of it really made sense to me, <laughs> you know? So it was really getting intentional too about like finding some preachers that I really liked and letting them break down scripture where I could understand it, you know, um, and then listening to podcasts where I could understand it and where I could grow my faith that way, you know, and then just asking, you know, one of my preacher friends just challenged me to say, pray a prayer every day, you know, God show yourself a little bit more to me, you know, open doors where you need them open, close them where you need closed. And, and looking back on the last five, six years of my life, that's, that's definitely happened, you know, over and over again. We hear a lot about how anxiety and depression is becoming such a big deal in inner society today. And a lot of people are stuck in this rut where they don't know how to get out. So how do you think fitness can kind of propel your life into figuring out what you want out of yourself? Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, this won't be popular to say for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, I was prescribed anxiety meds uh, right before I took this step. You know, I, I had crippling anxiety um, to the point where probably that first month or two where I started to go to the gym again, I remember driving to the gym in the morning and I, I drove there and I couldn't, I couldn't get myself from the car to the gym. I would literally some days, even I remember a couple of days walking to the door and seeing guys that were in there that were bigger and in good shape. I'd turn around and walk back. I, I wouldn't go. I had this just terrible crippling anxiety. You know, the amazing thing to me was I didn't need any pills. You know what I needed to do <laughs> was to tell myself and convince my mind. You don't feel like going in there today. You should probably go in there today. <laughs> you know, you don't feel like getting up this morning. You should probably get up this morning. You know. And, and I know that sounds really counterintuitive. Well, how do you do it? You do it, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's, it's like, I started listening to like Jocko, you know, and some guys like that who, and not that there's some people that, that will need meds, you know, this isn't for everybody. I understand it, but I do think probably half of the people out there that are on meds that are on these anxiety things, it could be cured. If you just sat down tonight, wrote out a plan, wrote out who you were going to be, why you were going to be it, told everybody about it and said, tomorrow is the day one of the rest of my life. I don't need, you know, these are the things I'm going to focus on. That's going to kind of, you're going to have to cut out some things besides that too, right? Like I used to drink a hundred days a year. I might drink four now, <laughs> you know, um, you know, things like you, there's friends that I've lost along the way. You know, you, you're going to lose some things when you decide that this is who you're going to be. You're also going to gain a thousand more, you know, um, but I think anybody really struggling with anxiety, depression and things like that, break it down into very small, manageable pieces. Like you don't have to do it all in one day. Right. So the first step is sitting down and writing down that why writing down that how hire a coach, you know, people that can walk you through it, that have been through it. You two are amazing. You know, <laughs> like I, I hired I have two coaches right now. I'll never again not have a coach. I coach two people and I have to coach, you know, any money I make from coaching, I invest back into myself at this point. You know, I just think if you keep going at life on autopilot and kind of how society tells you to live, 
dude, it's going to produce a lot of anxiety, right? It's going to produce a lot of this depression. I mean, look at the way a lot of people live, especially in corporate life, you know, that we were talking about earlier. I look at the way I was living. Of course I was anxious. Of course, man, I didn't get enough sleep. I still don't get enough sleep, but, but I was, I was, <laughs> I was up watching Netflix until one o'clock. Then I'm, I'm waking up the last minute. I'm snoozing. The first thing I tell my wife is, Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to go into work. I'm complaining. I'm eating crap food, two bowls of Lucky Charms in the morning. I'm rushing out. First thing I'm doing when I get to work is I'm complaining more. I'm not moving. I'm staring at a screen for nine hours, doing something I'm not passionate about, complaining with all my coworkers, eating bad food. I come home, complain to my wife about my day. What the hell do you think is going to happen? You know, how I'm depressed now thinking about that, you know? So it's like you have to start being mindful and taking very small steps to correct those things, you know? Yeah. And it's all about that downward spiral. If you're always thinking about negativity in your life, more negative things are going to start popping up in your life. And it's not that more things, more bad things happen to you, but it's, you're just so much more receptive to it. And every bad thing that happens in your life, you start picking more of it up because that's all you think about. Um, It's like, if you're always looking for the color red, when you're looking around, you will find red. Uh, It's the exact same mentality. So if you flip that mindset to what you were talking about, if you start thinking a little bit more positive every day, you're going to start seeing more signs of positivity around you. And that makes your day a hundred times better. You literally completely flip your life around. And you talked about it, how it requires sacrifice, sacrifice, right? It's not, don't think it's a one-way street where you can keep everything you have going on in your life and expect to flip your life for the better. You have to make sacrifices along the way and you will lose a couple friends. You will have to change your lifestyle around. You probably won't be watching TV as much, but as you mentioned, there's a thousand more positive things that are going on in your life when you drop those 10 negative things, right? 100%, man. Dude, I love the way you said that. If you're focused on red, <laughs> you'll see red. That is so, it is so true, man. And it's it's a beautiful kind of way I think our minds are designed that whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to see more of, right? And so it's hard to say, man. I, I, I broke up with a guy that I've been friends with for 15 years, a couple nights ago. I literally just told him, dude, I, I love you. We've had this talk now 15 times. And this is going to be the last time I say it. I'm going to root for you to do really well, but I am not talking about politics and COVID anymore. I'm not. Every time you text now, I get anxious, (laughs) you know, and I'm just not going to live my life that way. So if you want to ever talk to me about fitness, faith, family, your kids, any of that, I'll be here, but I'm, I'm never again. I don't want to be a part of this, this group chain you've got going on. I, I just, I don't need that in my life because when I hear that, when I hear all the negativity and the sky is falling, that's what I start to see, you know? And so I am crazy intentional. People ask me how you so positive. I don't allow negativity in my life. I just don't allow it, you know? Yep, exactly. That's so true. And the same thing is said by every person that's negative. They, they think like, why are you so positive? It's like, it's toxic positivity, but it's, it's truly just shout out to Jason. (laughs) (laughs) It's just about being, mindful of everything you do and as you mentioned kind of deluding yourself in a way to make sure that you're only thinking about the positives so that you don't think anything about the negatives right so wow this podcast had a lot we talked a lot about office wellness corporate wellness we talked about how you got your why how you found your why how you found yourself how you recovered your family your faith taking taking care of your daughter being the best dad ever Um, We talked about religion a little bit or your faith and how you restored it over time. So can, can our followers or listeners now kind of know where we can find you? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I'm on Twitter every day. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest community on earth, man. I just, I love you guys so much, man. I love what you're doing and I love the whole community we've built there, you know, um, Best place on earth. So I'm at Ty Romper there um, every single day. The only negative thing I'll ever say is about the Karens now chasing me every single freaking day about <laughs> not doing pull-ups outside. But uh, yeah, that I'm there. Um, my wife is making me a website right now. It's it's uh, <laughs> I've got that up linked on Twitter. I'm on Instagram a little bit too. I'm starting to post a little bit more on there. 
Um, I got an e-newsletter that I, I commit to doing once a month. I'm trying to do it once every three weeks now um, to go out where I do a couple big ideas that I can expand beyond the 280 characters or whatever. Um, so you can sign up for that through Twitter as well. Um, my DMs are always open on Twitter and I'm Tyler Toad at Gmail too, um, where I get, I literally wake up to, to DMs and emails now every single day from people. That's, it's amazing, you know? So it's fun, but yeah, find me there and, and connect, man. That's the most beautiful thing, man. I, I went for a walk. Uh, was that two days ago or yesterday? It might've been yesterday. I can't remember, but either way, just some dude from Twitter that's like, hey, I live 20 minutes from your branch where you work. I'm trying to better my health. I would love to just be able to pick your brain. I said, dude, I walk every day on lunch. And if you don't mind that I'm shirtless and shoeless, come join me. You know. <laughs> so this dude's like 51 years old. He just we're just walking around the park making laps, talking about life. Like he's a really cool dude. You know, and it's just like I love connecting with people, you know. So reach out. <laughs> gotcha. And, and you have an e ebook yep. available as well. I do. Well, guess who wrote probably the greatest chapter in the ebook, man? <laughs> My man Kyle over here guest wrote a wonderful chapter. Yeah, it's just, you know, him and I have talked a lot off off the podcast too and off the off Twitter about just office wellness and how it kind of breaks our heart to see people like this. So that was the the inspiration behind the book. It's called Nine to Five uh, Fitness, how you can still stay shredded, seven good tips to stay uh, stay in shape while you're working corporate job, because that's such a such a big deal, you know. So yeah, people can find that on Twitter too, or my website. That would be a good one to check out. And you mentioned you have a couple clients. I don't know if you're actively looking for more or right like now. That. Uh, no, um, I'm only taking on two at a time, man. I took on four, um, and it was just too. It was too much for where I'm at in this season of my life. Um, I'll have another opening here in a couple of weeks, but I think it's already filled. And then I'll have another one here in a few weeks. So if I need to, I'll make a tweet. But honestly, I get enough in my DMs where. I haven't had to make any tweets or anything for that yet. Um, my hope is I try and take people for 60 or 90 days and then I'll pass them on to, to people who really want to do like increase your deadlift from this to that. Like I'm just all about daily habits, routines. I'll, I'll create you a fitness plan. I'm a certified trainer. I can do that. But my passion is becoming a lot more. Um, fitness is awesome and it is the catalyst. It's the number one thing. So you have to have that. But I'm learning the more that I learn about fitness, like I don't, I need to defer to guys like you, to be honest. I learn from guys like you every day and I don't know what I don't know. So, you know, like my deadlift has gone up a hundred pounds since I've been following you guys on Twitter and I got, I got 400 more to go, you know? <laughs> gotcha. All right. So let's wrap this up. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of ground zero fitness podcast. You can find Sam and I, you can find Sam at, Sam K underscore strength on Twitter. And you can find me, Kyle, at I am Kyle C E E. Thank you once again. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you. Thanks a lot for coming on, Ty. Hey, thank you guys, man. It's an honor to be here. I love you guys. I love both your messages. Keep rolling, man. <laughs>